back. Well, tax season's here, folks, and you know. Hi there. Whoa, where'd you come from? April here to tell you about the tax filing software from Tax Act. Uh, seriously, were you like hiding behind my desk? Seriously, Tax Act makes it easy to get your maximum refund. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Switch to Tax Act today and you can start for free. Or as we say at Radio Land, subtle. Tax Act. Tax Act. File for less and get more. See taxact.com for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 79 of um, Get Out of Rap. And I'm joined by my good friend and now record holder for his fifth appearance, Nick McEwen. Hello, mate. <laughs> Hello, mate. Sounds good, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? It does. I'm going to start today's session Here we with go. a joke. Okay, go. Um, what do you get if you cross a pirate and a paedophile? I don't know. R. Kelly. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, sorry, it's been on my mind all morning. <laughs> so how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Um, spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, didn't I? I had some sort of stuff going on in the personal life. Um, mm. Been a bit up and down with that. Um, I go back five, six weeks and actually started to uh, talk to a therapist just about... Um, just about my life really and then sort of where I want it to go and where it's gone wrong and where it's gone right and it's just sometimes it's nice to just probably feel listened to and articulate points you feel and sometimes that like obviously if there's issues with I don't know people's lives with their wives or their families or friends whatever it be sometimes it's beneficial I think to get an external opinion to help shape the discussions you're having because Obviously, if you leave things with emotion and as, as much as you try and see things from the other people's point of view, and I think I'm pretty good at that um, as it is, but I think it's sometimes nice just to get a bit of sort of, not validation, but just a bit, okay, this is where I think you're right, this is where I think you're wrong, this is how things should sort of come at it. So, yeah, it's just nice to sometimes get an external opinion. It's been massively beneficial to me, mate, massively beneficial. Um, work was work was really busy alongside that and then in August I had this sort of weird couple of weeks when nothing happened and nothing was going on and obviously in the year or so that it's been going it's the first time that's happened so I was kind of like oh god what's going on here but I spoke to a few people I I um, sort of got some conversations going and I think most people are in the same boat from what I from what I see I mean it's kids are finishing school holidays people are on holiday there's loads of different reasons mm. for it and then, yeah, it's just, it's picked up. So no complaints on that, mate. No complaints on that. How are you? Got married, didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> second time. Um, it's your second time, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And I, well, firstly, just on the therapy thing, because I don't want to like go past that because I think yeah. it's so, I think it's so important. Um Especially, especially for, for men, but I don't want to limit it just to men. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a massive advocate of um, we should talk about this thing. So more power to you for doing it. Thank you. Um, and it's something when, when you think about it, we look after our bodies. We care about what we eat. We go <laughs> Allegedly. To, <laughs> we go to the gym. Um, and that's when we're well, right? And then when we're not well, we go to the doctors or whatever we don't yeah. treat our brain and our thoughts the same way. So I, I've had therapy and I don't mind admitting it, but mm. um, it was when I was at my lowest point. And I think that's the next evolution, I think, for all of us is that therapy is considered therapy counselling, call it what you will. Yeah. But looking after our brain and our thoughts is considered normal when you're well, as yes. well as as well as when you're maybe in crisis or feeling low or so yeah. I think it's great and the more people that talk about it um the better it's, it's... I, I, I tried to um I tried to I did a post a few weeks ago after a session and like just because like the situation that me and you talked about a couple of weeks ago like it's really helped with that mm. and and some other stuff that I that I probably had going on which I didn't realize and it, it's like you say it doesn't have to be when it's when you're at your lowest, it's just sometimes nice to 
to, to feel listened to and to feel like you can articulate your points without that. I mean, there's no, there's no bounce back, you know, like I think sometimes, I mean, the environment I grew up in, the people that are my friends, like from the old days and things like that, like it's almost combative to talk sometimes like that. And uh, I mean, my therapist is a woman and I, and I find that a lot easier because I just feel less challenged in terms of, in terms like less embarrassed i would say and i mean there's there should never be any embarrassment about talking to talking to men or talking to other women wherever you want to do it but for me it just felt easier to sort of be maybe emotionally vulnerable is the right word and maybe it's you almost kind of end up role playing that makes sense i did and like you're saying the things that you want to say to someone or to people to them and then they can come back to you with advice. And then for me, like I say, challenging that into my relationships, the things that I wanted to say, it just takes that whole, it takes the whole negative feel away from that. And conversations then become actual conversations rather than this is my point, this is your point, and we have to find a way to try and meet in the middle, you know? You're understanding each other better. And for me, that that that's been a dream. So yeah, the more the more people that are sort of approaching this made the better. I think it's not something I'm going to post about all day, every day. It's just, it's just something that has helped me. And if I could signpost people, if they need a bit of support and bit of help them reach out and I'll send them in the right direction. You know? Yeah, that's brilliant. I think you're right about, uh, for me, it's kind of, when do you get the time to sit with people and <laughs> talk, especially, especially about um, your emotions or your thoughts? It's not very often. And no. even your, even people that are well-meaning, your friends and family, they are not equipped all the time. You know, your therapist, she's a professional. She knows yeah. what she's doing. She's heard this kind of thing. And she can she can help you in the same way any professional can, right? By I still use the tips and the um, practices that I was given seven years ago to help in to help every day, just to yeah. recognize, oh, okay, this is happening again. I need to know what I'm doing and stuff like that. So yeah, well, there's there's not it's, what was really the most useful thing about it for me was there were some difficult conversations that I needed to have with somebody, mm. and I, I I didn't necessarily want to hear the outcome of the, the conversation. I didn't want it to be an argument. I didn't. I was past all that, and you care about people, and you don't want them to be upset, and you don't want to be upset. So it's kind of if you went, say if I went and talked to my mum with the best will in the world my mum would find a narrative there mm. and and would put an edge on it and like, oh, you need to say this and you need to do that or I don't think they're listening to you on this or whatever it would be or maybe she'd disagree with my points and sometimes like what I found with Rebecca the therapist was just I could say what I wanted to say and there's not she's coming back to me with just honest open it's not slanted in any way it's just you've been too aggressive there or you haven't said you haven't sort of put into words probably how you feel there and that just completely neutral feedback is sometimes what you need rather than someone with the best one in the world like anybody that you know is going to have your intent best intentions at heart aren't they and they'll put a slant that they think may protect you so i found it useful for that mate yeah it's, it's, been, it's been good it's been all right um it, it has helped massively and I'll probably continue it for a fair while. That's great. That's great. I always yeah. find your posts, I think like a lot of people, just so insightful. Sometimes I'm like, oh, he's he's done another good one. He's done, damn it. <laughs> but <they're> like, <laughs> even, even the one today, I absolutely love that. And I think, I don't know whether that is a sign of having some more order around your thoughts because I thought you absolutely nailed it for people that didn't read it uh this morning it was about how well you you can explain actually you can explain far better than me um so it was just a it was, it was what I was I think what I'm doing with it and lately I've been posting more about more about relationships and personal stuff and not like I'm not going to elaborate detail but kind of just how I feel looking at the world from the position I'm in like it's when you're of a certain age and I'm not old, but when you're 35 and you, you're not married and you, you, you put your, you channel your energy into work and other things. And 
which you have to do because you have things to provide and all of these different things. Sometimes there's not really much time left for you. And what happens is you leave yourself behind a bit and then suddenly you've got people asking questions. When are you going to get married? When are you going to meet a girl? Are you sure this business is the right thing for you? And it's not, the point of the post was it's not always people meaning you harm or trying to put doubt in your head or anything like that. Sometimes it's people just, that's just their, it's a society, it's preconceived mm. that we'd be married and mm. do you know what I mean? And we'll settle down and do you want to get a career and all of these different things. And like I tried to explain to someone recently that, well, not tried to explain, but I tried to articulate recently that all, a lot of this sort of ways we're expected to conform with society were to benefit somebody 2,000 years ago. Do you know what I mean? That's what it is. Mm. So it's kind of like a lot of these things that people, like marriage isn't the most important thing in the world. The most important thing in the world to me, as I see it, is how you feel and, and what you can do with those feelings rather than we've got a bit of paper and a book. And like, don't get me wrong, I thoroughly like... I'd love to be married and happy and settled down with a person that I'm supposed to be or whatever it would be, but I'm not there yet. And you shouldn't, there shouldn't be people saying, Oh, let's talk, the talk, the clock's ticking. Mm, you know, yeah. it's just, you just feel, I feel judged sometimes on those things. And it's like, people always say to me, Oh, why aren't you married? Says, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's a number of different reasons, I suppose. It's like, and then I think the danger is if you're not pretty strong-minded and you you can let those questions bother you and then it becomes a thing of like, oh, well, why aren't I married? And then you start to question yourself and your choices. And it can go one of three ways, I suppose. You can use that as motivation to push on with whatever you're doing. You could take that as a negative and think, well, why aren't I married? And start sort of turning that negativity in on yourself. And it, oh god, it's my fault. I'm not married. Or you could just settle for someone that you probably shouldn't be getting married to in the first place, just to just to satisfy society's weird need for you to be married. And and yeah, so it was, it was kind of just about that, mate. I've been I've been trying to been trying to articulate things lately as as I see it, rather than not. I'm not necessarily worried about people's opinions and what they think. And I've sort of just been trying to go with like, this, this is how I feel about things. And I mean, I've always had this gift for being able to read people and understand people and communicate with them in a certain way. I've always been able to do that. And I kind of felt, it, it felt like, because it's when it seems like a few things are going wrong all at the same time, you've, I felt like I was losing my ability to communicate properly. And, and articulate my words and my thoughts. And so I just sort of did a bit of sort of soul searching on that and thought, well, I think as the same with a lot of subjects I talk about, I think that there's a chord here that people might resonate with. And if I can, well, like we've talked a million times before about when people reach out to you and say, <clears throat> excuse me, that was, thanks for that post today or whatever it would be. That for me sort of validates it's worth sharing my opinion on this. Mm, There's something yeah. about well, I could internalise it or I could just talk to people and face-to-face -face about it and not. But, I mean, that's my audience. They've supported me through, I mean, you've been there the last five years. There's been some massive highs and there's been some horrible lows and everywhere in between. And I feel like as much as I don't know each of them to go for a drink with and like, I've got some good friends and I've got some people that I've never met, but you think these people have put their time and energy into supporting me. And if one little post or a couple of sort of linked a few posts that sort of train my thoughts out, help them understand me and help them perhaps with a situation there. And then it was definitely worthwhile, you know? I loved it. Because that, I think there's something, oh, I think there's something about, um, Heath Ledger said, it's quite lazy. Society's lazy. Thinking can be lazy. That people yeah. um, believe that there's a checklist, and dependent on how many ticks you have in that checklist, determines whether you're successful or not. And yeah. they're and they're age dependent, right? So when we meet each other, 
for the first time, especially in a business situation, it is where do you live? What do you do? Tell me about your hobbies or whatever. Where, yeah. And um, I can remember being kind of divorced at 40, sorry, 40, 41, something like that. 26 and, years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Sprightly I am. Um, <laughs> and much like you, one of the things that people, even if they didn't say it sometimes, I thought that they were going through a checklist going, oh, divorced, so he must have done something. And yeah. now, he, now he's single. Um, like you thinking, oh, that makes me somehow less than them because they, they have the marriage, they have the nice house, they mm. have the nice holidays. And I was living in a small place and all of this sort of stuff. Actually, it was searching out this quote from Heath Ledger and um, starting to enjoy the fact that I was different to yeah. others and go, you know what, my happiness isn't dependent, like you said, on on having something or conforming to what people expect you to be like or your situation at a certain age. And I do, I do think we we are evolving like that and to meet people where they are at, you know, so interact with people based on who they are rather than what their job is, what their social circumstances are, what their house is like, where they went on holiday. None of these things matter. Who they are as people and how they interact with you, that's what matters. Yeah. And your your post speaks exactly to that. And I think it's I think it's refreshing that people can just go in a in a in a small way, it kind of takes the pressure off. Mm. It is, you know, you don't need to have children by a certain time. You don't need to have come out of lockdown having set up your own coffee bean company. You know, <laughs> if you've just sat eating Doritos and and you've completed Netflix over lockdown, then yeah. that's you. Well done. Or Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, broken it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I really I really liked it. Before we started recording, you said you feel a bit like there's something there's some things you want to rant about as well. I dread yeah, to ask. There is, what, there what is mate. I, it's, uh, so do you remember a couple of years ago when I used to just rant all the time? Yes. And <laughs> I, I, I haven't done that for a while. Lorry drivers. Okay. Right. Lorry go. drivers is my first one. Right. Now, I've got no... I would never criticise somebody for working, right? If you've got a job and you're out there doing your best, providing for your family, whatever it be, that's great. I've got no problem with ambition, but, right, how on earth can anyone dictate to me how lorry drivers have suddenly got a 40% pay rise and they're still fucking squinting? Like... I saw one bloke the other day and he wrote a, a comment on the LinkedIn post saying, well, sometimes when I get to where I'm going, especially in Europe, there's nowhere to park and we have to pay for our own food. You just, what, what do you think you're going to be doing in a lorry? Like what, what, when you sign up <laughs> to be a lorry driver, what do you think you're going to be doing? You've got the NHS with epoxy free percent payrolls, which they had to fight tooth and nail for years for mm. and then because of everyone decided oh, it'd be a good idea to leave the European Union we lose thousands upon thousands of drivers and then nobody had any foresight to say we're probably going to need some more and then you, what you've got left is these miserable bastards <laughs> who are complaining about their job That's all, all they're doing is complaining about their job when have you ever seen a 40% pay rise for anything uh, and they're maybe, still moaning. Maybe Premier League footballers, but not, well, yeah, not... but and it's just I just I can't abide it, mate. Like I, I think I know people in every different industry around the world and all of the things they do, and nobody moans as much as these people. And I just think you are sat on your ass in a lorry all day. That's all you're doing. You're driving, you're stopping, you're eating and sleeping. Get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's that's that one. The next one is the fuel thing. Now, granted, people have panic bought. It's not the government's fault that we haven't got any fuel. The government aren't in control of private companies dishing out fuel. 
the government doesn't own the drivers, the lorries, the anything. It's all private companies. So I'm seeing people moaning about the government on LinkedIn and all the things the government should have done. What could the government, like the government don't own these companies. Yeah. But why, where people have sort of correlated the two of these things is two separate things. It's just the media yeah, is responsible for this. Yeah. The me like someone put a post the other day saying about like the way words matter. Mm. And instead of saying like there's not a fuel shortage, they should have said there's plenty of fuel. And yeah, people rush. And the thing is, a lot of people prob- what we're having is two different factors because you've got people rushing to the pumps like they would anyway, because when you ca- when your car's empty, you need to fill your car up. Mm. That's never changed. What has changed is the number of deliveries they're getting in. So then you have people in queues for petrol or for diesel, wherever it would be, on their phones, filming people going, look at these idiots. It's like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. you're, doing you're, you're there yeah. as well, mate. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So you're a part of the problem. So, and then, so my, my response to that is, which again, someone told me this, you're not like, you're not sort of, you don't get stuck in a traffic jam. You are the traffic jam. Yeah. And people don't ever see that side of things. So no. that's 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 a couple of rants I wanted to have. I don't understand people blaming the government because it's literally nothing to do with them in any way, shape, or form. You can blame them for Brexit, I suppose, but we all voted it, didn't we? So well, not me or you, but <laughs> some people think, voted it, didn't they? I, I think those things you've mentioned, there's a lot in there as well. You you hit the nail on the head with the um with the situation with the pe- uh, the petrol pumps around the media, because that I wonder, right? If <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if this is some of the last, I, well, maybe hope is the wrong word, but the print, the printed press, and the um, mass media, they're they're being less people are following it, less people are reading yeah. newspapers, less people are watching the news at the same time, right? So especially the printed press and the tabloids, what do they need to do? They need to grab your attention. So and, and a reasoned, a reasonable interpretation of facts doesn't grab attention. No. Screaming that we're all running out of petrol and we're going to be eating each other if, yeah. we, don't, if we don't go to the pumps gets people to buy newspapers. Because this didn't this start from BP said they were having some problems. They were going to shut, I think, like, they were temporarily having to shut a very small percentage of their pumps, yeah. their petrol stations. That then led to um, some tabloids screaming petrol shortage, and it doesn't take much no. for that to like accumulate. And all of a sudden, we're we're looking at our petrol gauge, going, "Yeah, should I?" I think every but, single yeah. one of us would go, "Should should I?" No, or, or yes, or whatever. Um, I think it's really interesting, and the and the lorry driver thing. There's so much in that. There's absolutely there's there's human behaviour. Why we feel that? I wonder if that's guilt a lot of the time that we feel the need to to moan because they. Know well, it's, they it's just behave. a sudden. It's a sudden Napoleon complex they've got. <laughs> yeah. and, and, it, and it's like, look, I I I'm not. I always balance out afterwards once I've calmed down, and that I know how vital lorry drivers are. I get that. But, like, you've got people facing life and death for the last two years. You've got people going to work, not knowing if they're going to catch this fucking horrible virus. You've got people's family members. You've got the the NHS in this pandemic. What what it did, more than anything else, is shone a light on how lucky we are to have what we have. And I'll defend that statement until my last breath. We are one of the luckiest countries on earth when it comes to our healthcare system. Now, they they had to fight for years and years. It was it four years in a row the Tories turned down an NHS pay rise and yeah. they got a measly 3%. And then you had lorry drivers that I'd looked at some averages that went from sort of 26 grand up to like in one place over 80 grand. And this was a guy that was moaning in the papers. And it's like, oh, um, drive, roads are getting worse to drive on. And it's like, mate, like just, just, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. But it's just suddenly 
I think if you have to, when you're ramming it down people's throats, how important you are, to me, I lose interest straight yeah. away. Yeah. Look, I've got no, I've got no, no cadence with that at all. So it's just one. I've just seen a lot of it, and then they they sort of put it on the company, saying, "Oh well, you said like you, I could work for you for this amount of time." But then the blokes turned up there and said, "Oh no, I want seventy grand a year." When he when like they were offering thirty grand a year, and it's like <laughs> you just there's just to me there was they lost logic somewhere in this argument, and I would take a. <clears throat> I would happily take a medium wage and security over, oh, I can earn 70 grand for three months. But I saw this when I worked in construction, mate. You'd have people that would leave a company to go to a different company for an extra five or a day, and then they're traveling an extra 40 miles a day. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you see all the time, it's greed, is what it is. Yeah. It's greed and, and laziness, and <laughs> no, it's not all of them. And, and again, I don't, I don't sort of disagree with how important they are, but I just think this, this whole thing combined it with a fuel crisis, and we've seen, we've seen what can happen. But you, you were to touch on the media thing. You were right, mate. Like they, I'm sure there was a, was there not a petrol shortage? Rather than a younger man, probably early two thousands. Yes. The same thing, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's six or what, six degrees in but. Yeah, it just it's just something that pissed me off. Um, I don't like the scare. T- I remember I saw a headline when I was younger about killer bees because there was like one bee found somewhere in Spain or something. So like killer bees are migrating. The bees are coming. <laughs> Huge swarms of killer bees migrating across sort of the Iberian Peninsula. It's like they never were. Bees are actually dying at a massive rate and. That's what people should be talking about. Well, fear, fear sells. And, you know, it's most people will only read the headline and a few other lines yeah. rather than go into the into the detail. Um, they like salacious is, stuff, don't they? Yeah. As all you know what, I, I think you're becoming a socialist, mate. I think you're coming over to oh, my side. Absolutely what not. What you're talking about, though, is the, is the unequal distribution of wealth and yeah. our... Um, what it what it does to us there's some i often look to scandinavia right not nec- they're not so- they're not necessarily socialist at all no. but there's a lot of um experiments that have been done that give people regardless of your job your wage mm. give people a state universal income yeah and, and what that does it it kind of reduces our focus on the differences it helps people massively that are on the breadline of course yeah but it but it generally makes us better and i think you know there's there's something in that how can during the pandemic it's been brought to light you know that the top one percent of the wealthy people not just in this country but in the world have become even richer disproportionately during the pandemic you know that we shouldn't be there shouldn't be billionaires and still be homeless people yeah, uh, the the thing is, the argument that they always use to counter that is that if you if you sort of curtail people's ambition and prospects, then you're not going to have these people doing these amazing things. But look, I mean, the the explanation for why people got richer in the pandemic is if because you think about what the top one percent do in terms of the service they offer, Amazon, people like that, people are in their houses. So they're buying games, they're buying every to DIY stuff at our houses and all these things. But you are I remember during we talked about that thing in Finland where they sort of tried trialed their buying homeless people flats thing. Yeah. And to me, what the pandemic did highlight is that there's absolutely no reason that anybody should be homeless. Yeah. And there's no reason that anybody should be, there's no reason. That people should live below the poverty line. If you want to take it back to the times before we were this civilized, and as a community, you'd all help each other mm. to survive as a community. People would die off. That's that's the way of the world. But for the most part, we would help each other, and not just everybody feeds to one, and then they trickle down a little bit to the rest. But I'd stop short of socialism because, I mean, obviously it's never worked anywhere it's ever been tried in the world. And I think there's better people than me that have tried to tried to usher in. So it's a beautiful concept. 
but I think that we're inherently flawed is that the, the human condition is why it won't work. Yeah. Because for the best one in the world, for every for every 10 of you, there's 100 people that are selfish and, and don't yeah, care I, about I, other people. I completely agree. You can't have, you can't have socialism. You need, it's too idealistic. You need something yeah. realistic. But I do think you're right about um, collectively when we put our minds to it, and I say we as in humans, yeah um the vaccine for for covid for example when when everyone said and agreed governments and the private sector money yeah. is no issue share knowledge work together they've done something that's never been done in human history and created a vaccine in yeah. a ridiculously short space of time right if we applied ourselves the same way to homelessness to poverty you know it jeff Be bezos should not be flying into space when Amazon don't pay any taxes in a in... cock-shaped rocket. <laughs> well, that hey. was quite apt. That was quite apt. Was it, how I... can you? How can you have that much money and yeah. fly into in a cock-shaped rocket? <laughs> well, no accounting for taste, and I don't begrudge him or what he's done or his entrepreneurial spirit, his inventiveness, business acumen, all that kind of stuff. I just think this it highlights, and it's maybe not even directed at him, but it highlights inherently. There's something wrong when a billionaire oh, someone fly into space. Yeah, I, I get that, and I've been trying for two years now to get his ex-wife's number, um, <laughs> but none of it's worked. Let's but, see if we can arrange it. Yeah, if you're listening, Mackenzie Bezos, then give me a call. But it's, yeah, it's it's bad, mate. Like they 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 could they could by all accounts end homelessness tomorrow. But then it's not in any, it's not in certain people's interest. Like it goes back to we talked about the whole Marcus Rashford thing. That's a fucking Robin Hood storybook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That you're having to fight yeah. so that children can be fed. Yeah, and someone's not keeping all of the the food and wealth to themselves. That's the sheriff of Nottingham. That is. That is completely. In, and and now they're 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 stopping the the twenty pound COVID allowance. So given they spin it they bridge it by saying well we successfully got people through covid with this yeah you did well done do you know what i mean has it made any massive difference no yeah so just like someone said that to some families that's the difference between eating and not eating for a few days exactly. and to other people that have been receiving it as well is two costa coffees and you think where, when you look no go on, sorry. when you look at it like that mate and think well you've got people who can't who are deciding between eating themselves and feeding the children not eating themselves literally but you know what i'm saying and, it, and feeding their children it it doesn't seem like a massive ask does it no and i me. think that that's where that's where someone in the treasury is looking at the numbers and yeah fair enough they've modern markets require modern investment approaches and with yield street that's what you'll get Explore wealth-growing investments in art, real estate, venture capital, and more, with minimums starting at just $500 and targeting annual yields of up to 18%. Discover the difference a diverse portfolio makes and trade volatility for stability with YieldStreet. Visit YieldStreet.com to get started. That's YieldStreet.com. This had to be paid back. They've had to fork out a lot to yeah. keep the country going. Absolutely. I'm, I'm absolutely no fan of this government, but... I understand the reality and what they've done, right? And I, and they, there is uh, some things that they should be applauded for. However, when it comes to balancing the books, where is it easier to take the money from? Is it easier to go after corporations like Amazon, where you would get a lot more? Or is it easier to take from people who you think you've pacified? Do you know what I mean? They're going, right, well, let's just take this 20 quid back. They won't miss it because it's so out of touch. They don't realise the impact of twenty pounds, rather than going after corporations. Instead of creating tax havens for some of the multinationals, they they should be taxing them properly. Well, just just say. I mean, even if you said, right, we're going to raise we're going to raise income tax for everybody, mm. for everybody, regardless. Of, we're going to put it at twenty five percent uniform. So whether you're a corporation, a company, if you're an individual, a sole trader, whatever you would be, 25%, we're going to pay that. Okay, that's our thing. So you think 
what would the landscape look like if those big companies were actually paying that 25%? Mm. So however much, if you think about the last year, what Amazon would have made in this country, and they pay 25% of that yeah. in income tax, yeah. which everybody else pretty much has to do anyway, yeah. then you're not going to need to rob money off poor people who can't afford to feed their children because it no, all they balances could build a, out. They could build and, an Amazon hospital. Yeah, or 10, yeah. you know, like the, to, to have such, and, I, and I never, I've never one to limit ambition or progress, but to have it, so you are right in what you're saying, to look at the, the numbers, to just look at the numbers and then like the difference, what, what I think is lost these days in, in, because it's just chuck it away comments is the difference between a million and a billion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's mental, just that difference alone. Yeah. Then to think that he's got two hundred billion, and he's and he's his wealth is more than most of the countries in the world. Mm. At some point, at some point, whenever it is down the line, there's going to be an issue here because he is going to have, or people like him are going to have enough money to do whatever they want. Well, they are now. No, but I mean in terms of, right, okay, that's a nice country. I want it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and you pay, people will come. Mm. And there's going to, there'll be something. But in, yeah, like, I mean, we, we proved with, we proved with COVID, mate, that things can be done and we can yeah. get stuff done. And all of the red tape that stops it is only that red tape. But what, what do you do with it? I mean, I'm like you, mate. I'm no fan of this government. I think there's some things that they did during the, the pandemic which were brilliant. Like I remember when Rishi stood up and said, right, business owners are talking directly to you. I think that was a watershed moment. Like it sort of made me feel like, you know what, we probably are going to get through this. And it sort of united us all a bit. But the, <laughs> some, some decisions they made, like this why is a footballer having to argue with our prime minister on the phone on national television? to try and get kids food during the summer holidays. It, to me, that's appalling. Yeah. But then what, what's your options? Like, I mean, <laughs> you've got the Labour Party conference this week, haven't you? And you see how well that's going, you know? It's yeah. like, there's no, no, there, I think since maybe the end of Blair's days, that there's absolutely fundamentally no trust in yeah. any of them. Like yeah. I, he, it's funny because they all draw massive attention to people breaking their manifesto promises. Every government for the last five government has broken most of their manifesto promises. Yeah. And people are still treated like that. That's, that's massive primetime news. It's not because you can't promise that you understand the future. What, what they are, they should be listed as intentions, right? So our intention is to do, make this better. But they don't know what the future is going to hold. I have, no. a question, I have a question for you, actually. Um, this a serious one. <laughs> you're, you're, um, you care about society. I know mm. you're, you care about your local community, and you're very proud of it. Yeah. Would could you ever see yourself um, look doing something in public office, like local council or national, or would you ever want to make a, a difference that way? Um. I mean, <laughs> the, the way to answer this, right, is I'll answer it like a politician. I've, I've not always been as level-headed as I am now, right? So I think that with the way the media is and stuff like that, like I got involved in fights growing up and bits and bobs and... There's, there's, a, there's, a couple of, there's a couple of things like that that could come back and bite me in the arse. But, I mean, for the most part, I would have to feel... I, I've not seen anything in my lifetime that you, in our country that, in terms of politics, where you could say, that's made a clear and obvious difference. You know, like, the, <laughs> with the best will in the world, and I wouldn't ever want to be... So, you know, like, like when Obama came in, 
and we all thought this is amazing, like a yes, huge step for progress yeah. and change. We all thought that, but because of the way voting works and politics works, and they have two tier system, he couldn't do anything. He was impotent, mm. and it's like he left, and it's like ah. And what I would hate to do, mate, is more than anything, is to ride in on a wave of, right, this is what I want to do, this is what I'm trying to do, and not be able to do any of it. Because I was met at every level with disdain and, and my, my own party. To, I mean, I don't, I couldn't even tell you who I'd represent, to be honest, because... Do your own one. Yeah, I think I'd have to. But I, I'm, I, there has been times where I've thought about it. There's been times where... I, especially when I was dealing with all the homeless stuff and I was sort of going to the council twice a month to say, look, there's more now we need to. And I was just ignored or I was passed to somebody else or let's organize a meeting for nine months time. And, and the thing was, it was, it got to a point where it was really hurting me to see because despite all of the stuff that I'd like, I'm a soppy git mate. And, when it comes to seeing people in genuine, gen, just just genuinely on on the bones of their ass with things, like I'd I'd do anything if I could take people suffering away like that. You know, I, I can't stand to see people cry. I can't stand like all of that stuff, mate. It breaks my heart, and and my worry would be like at the moment, I, I have a voice and I use it and get seen by a lot of people and. Does it ever achieve anything? I don't know. I don't know how you'd measure that, but sometimes it feels like it does. You know, sometimes like there was a, a friend of mine whose son dresses a certain way, and he went to his prom, and she got booted off LinkedIn for posting about it. And then sort of I said, I mean, my post only got viewed by I think that one was about three hundred and fifty thousand people. And it's not just because of me, because other people did it as well, but like that collective moment is a voice. Mm. And everybody's saying, like, there has to be change here. Mm. And I would worry that I would worry that I wouldn't be able to affect the things I wanted to. And if I then if I did say four years in local government and then left, having not done that, I know that I'd be heartbroken forever. Like I I try, I'd like to operate in areas that I know I can make some sort of difference and whether it be the charity stuff or or sort of just just using my voice mate then I think that that's I would I would I would do it if the people wanted it I would do it but I would I'd have to be pushing for change I can't I can't stand politics I can't stand the old man down the road politics that we have here everything's like people so many people that you see day to day on your social media they're so stuck in the 70s or 80s or and it's like they they were they're not where we are mm. and like you're older than me but you're a forward thinking understanding human being right so from what i see and i'm a wild generalization i know i don't know many people like you do you know what i mean i don't see that often i just see people your age and no disrespect to moaning about asylum seekers and yeah. do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and moaning about women. So yeah. Like and, and it's that that's what you see. So it it would be hard for me. But if the support was there, mate, and I and I was asked to do it, of course I would. Any duty that, that I think would make a difference to people I'd take it on. I mean I've ran my body into the ground and ran my mind into the ground for these causes over the last five years and and my heart and like every time that I do one of these things and have to face like whether it was the homelessness walk and meeting all the homeless people or or whether it was the the walk for Derry and seeing all the children and all, all and the videos and all of these things every time you give a bit of your heart and it breaks your heart more and more and more but most people that I've spoken to say I don't know you do, I'd give up and to me it's kind of the opposite like it, as much as it takes from you, it gives back as well and gives you that little bit of extra fire to do these things. So, yeah, 20-minute answer. But, yeah, I would, mate, if the people wanted me to, but I've got no plans on it. You know, there is even in... I think politics needs to change, and I think 
probably the next change is this more social, direct, to the people type um, activism. Because, like you say, no one, no one trusts politicians, but authentic, no. authentic people like yourself who are passionate and caring can get to. You could talk to your constituents yeah. through a podcast, through Facebook, through whatever. Um, so I do think politics needs to change. And, I, and also, even with our historical way of looking at politics, there have been people that have become MPs on single issues, independence. Yeah. So local issues that mean something to where you live, people have been voted into parliament and they haven't been uh, associated with a political party. And to your first point, I, I, there's a lovely phrase, right, about everyone's got kind of skeletons, but... Uh, this is every saint has a past every sinner has a future yeah nice and I, I i love right. I, I love that so um yeah thank you yeah. like i've never murdered anyone <laughs> i just i just i just think that's like i just it, it, i didn't um, go straight i wasn't thinking murder is <laughs> he is yeah it's just it's easy to it's easy, it'd be easy to say yes mate and and take the acclaim that comes with that but just a bit of honesty like i i don't you could do everything that you're supposed to do and still be ran. Like, I see that. Do you know that mental Greta Thunberg woman? Yesterday, she was on TV again, screaming at someone about something. And you think, uh, like, yeah, I get it. Do you know what I mean? We, we all get it. We'd, we'd, we've made it. We've, there's been so much change for the better. I know there's more that's needed, Greta, but you screaming in my face is just going to piss me off. You know, like that, that would be what I would say. Like you're, you're 11 years old, wherever you are, 18th. Like wind it in a bit, you know. You go over on a boat now, you're doing all the right things. Celebrate that and draw attention to it that way rather than screaming in people's faces. And I, I just don't think that, it, it pisses me. Look at these stupid, those M25 protesters the other day. Like you're just winding people up. Like, nobody is going to come and sign up for you because you've blocked their way to work. You're just going to piss people off. And then they were, there was a guy on Twitter slating all the police for breaking up these protests. And then, on the same, as soon as someone got out of the car to confront them, they ran behind the police. And I just think that, that's everything that's wrong, just there. That's everything yeah. that's wrong. I think... Um... I mean, you have different views on um, Gre Greta <laughs> as a Gre yeah, but Greta as a person. I, I have a different view, but I I respect yours. I think um, I definitely think some of the protesters are completely misguided. Um, in that, the only the only way to affect change is to appeal to a large section of society. And, yeah. for and for people who were... I'm just going to move this down. I'm listening. I'm just moving these blinds because they're round. Yeah, yeah. No worries. For people who were um, undecided, um, not, not undecided, but people who said, yeah, I get climate change is a problem, um, yeah. but don't necessarily do anything about it. They, they recycle. but And then you've got the, these people are at the extreme going, if we don't do something now, we're, go, we're all good. The planet's going to implode. We're going to die. This yeah. is a real emergency. It's the only thing we should be talking about. Um, what happens is you need to move the middle mass of people who are reasonable, but don't, you know, we need people to make small changes collectively across a large group to make this change. What they will see is they will see someone in their car going up to the protesters and saying i need to take my daughter to hospital and you are stopping me getting there that is so powerful that would like you say that would just turn people off so they in the eye they've done it completely the wrong they're affecting normal people what but what that group should do i've got more time for them when they are making politicians feel uncomfortable when they yeah. are doing something at wall street where they are doing something outside parliament not affecting normal people just trying to go about and live a live their life and earn a living well we've, we've also had a free government insulation scheme for the last 25 years so it's it's to me it's madness but that's not, it's not the way to win people over mate by pissing no. them off like i mean you can do 
I could come out on LinkedIn every day and raise my following to a million by saying outrageous things. But it's not true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not true. And those people then, they're not following you to see how well you do. They're waiting for a fall. Yeah. And that's what that's all people are going to do with any... Like I, I don't dislike Greta, really. I just think that... I don't think she's going about things the right way. Like, I think to insult people who perhaps these people have spent years... Like, to, if you worked for a government in a country and you'd spent 20 years campaigning for change and campaigning for better environmental practices and whatever it would be, and then you've got some little twerp from Sweden, wherever she's from, saying, well, politicians, all of you politicians, you blah, 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 blah. And it's like, look, I've... I spent 20, longer than you've been alive trying to make these changes. And it's, it's, just, it's just things like that. It's language that pisses me off, mate, I think. It's, and in, it's almost not so much Greta, because I know that I know she means well and she's, she's doing it for a valid reason. It's just, it's sort of semantic of, the, sum, summarises, if you like, it's a symptom of the world where there's a generation of people and it's not necessarily defined by age. So generation may be the wrong word. There's a, there's a strata of people who are just entitled. And I see it more and more out. And they, they've never been through anything. They've never suffered. They've never, they don't understand what it is to, to live in the world. They've only seen the positive things. And there's a whole nother, like, I was with the police stuff last year after the George Floyd shooting and everybody slating the police into the ground. And it's like, I've, I've lived quite a life, mate, and these people don't know the sort of people that are out there. These people don't know what... what <laughs> there's evil people out there, mate, and there's people that... The only reason these people aren't coming to take from them what they want is because of the police. And, and it's just to see these people who have come straight from university into a comfortable job and their mum and dad take them to Monaco every year or wherever it would be, insulting the police and, and things like that. And that sort of entitled cherry-pick-your-argument nature drives me nuts more than anything in the world. I, I don't wish suffering on anybody, but I genuinely, it's my genuine belief that people that haven't suffered in their life or haven't been through hardships, that's not a life. Yeah, I think all of this is down to um, like generalized thinking, right? So yeah, you you can view the tragedy of George Floyd and say that that policeman that and perhaps that police force over there in that state yeah. are are racist, and this was a racist. Uh, it's systematic racism. What yeah. what I think the problem is is then it that that becomes all police in our country, and yeah. um, I've now I've now married into a family that has a has a policeman. He's he's a great great guy trying to make a real. He does make a positive difference to this local community. Yeah, I, I, you wouldn't put those, you wouldn't say those two people are the same. Yet arguments and group arguments do that. So we massively generalize. We say. All of you people are all the same, and I think that's where there's real problems because we don't meet people where they are. We don't seek to understand. We seek to label. So we just say, right, I'm going to label this whole group of people, which is yeah. mental when you think about it. It's the same way that we, whether it's a, a nationality or I don't like the Irish, I don't like gypsies, I don't like blacks. I don't. That is insanity. It yeah. is, is there's no logic to it. And it is a definition of stupidity, but that is kind of, that's fostered. I'm reading a great book actually at the moment. It made me think of you because um, it's called Outraged <laughs> and it's um, by Ashley Charles. And you would love it, I think, because what it talks about is, is exactly what you're saying is there's, especially through social media, Mm. the next thing to get outraged about is only five minutes away. So if you went on yeah. Twitter right now, there would be a hashtag movement and it would be people annoyed about, like she uses the so many good examples, but there was one where 
Jamie Oliver uh, created jerk rice and there was nothing jerk related in the in the rice and people were like this is cultural appropriation this is it's just a jerk making it and and she she said it is a two pound microwavable bag of rice is is this really what you are annoyed about today on tuesday you know well, it's, like this, it's, it's like this week there the the cervix figure from the labor party so they've had two and they the lady called was it angela rayner is it she called the tory party scum yeah. Which uh, I just say it as you I, see it. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really mind. Like, if you've been battling someone your whole life, say what you want. Do you know what I mean? Say and yeah. do what you want. And and there's, but it was the cervix thing that got me because, so he didn't actually say it. Somebody said it, and he's in no way responsible for that comment. But they were on him for twenty four hours, like vultures saying. You need to disagree with this. You need to disagree with this. And he's like, look, I've never said it. It wasn't me that said it in the first place. And you think, that's what they do now. That's what happens. Mm. And like, to be honest, biologically, I suppose, what was said was correct. I mean, and then you go into people wanting to, say if a man wants to be a woman or vice versa, look, God speed to them. Do you know what I mean? I don't think we should lose the science in this because I think that, that, that's still valid and will always be valid for a number of reasons, medical, history, whatever you want to call it, that it's a valid thing, but it's just the way they absolutely... <laughs> you imagine, right? So say you're married now, so your wife decided to make a comment down the pub, right? And everyone in the pub was outraged, right? And then for the next week, you had people following you everywhere you went saying, say you don't agree with her, say you don't agree with her. Do you know? It's just mental, isn't it? Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. mental. And he, I saw him laughing on TV when they were asking, like, you need to say it. And he was just laughing. Like, I didn't say it. But that's that is why. Sort of thing is, is indicative of the problem. Yeah. And that's, that's, why we, that's why we need you, not just in Nicaragua, but that's why we need you to run for office, mate, because we all look at that and go, this doesn't mean anything to my life. It's like entertainment. It's not... And, and actually, these are the people that are meant to be doing something about things that really matter, like homelessness, like um, inequalities that, that exist or getting people to um, have equal opportunities to progress in life. Mm. You know, you are making a success of your life and set up your own business. Wouldn't it have been great? I don't know if you did, but did you have any knowledge or training or help at school or anything like that for... No. where you are now no um so but look it, again it comes with i used to be i used to to slate the school system into the ground because everybody learns differently but when you're a bit older and you look back and think uh, well i definitely could have tried harder i definitely could have behaved better and who knows where yeah, it would have ended up <laughs> but in general no and for a long time and um, we could talk about it on the next one for a long time i've been pushing various avenues for more practical skills at school yeah. in terms of being an adult, money management. Um, <clears throat> and it's some, even in Uganda, um, in the school in Uganda, we're trying to push more vocational courses and training there because out there more than here, the, the difference is, so if you've got a slight difference in ability with two children here, over there where there's nothing, it's just elevated, it, it's, it's intensified a lot more. So. I've been pushing me and Paul have been talking about a lot of vocational courses there in terms of building, electricians, handbag making, hairdressing, whatever it would be, because everybody learns differently. And there's that beautiful illustration somewhere and it's got a fish at the bottom of a tree. And it's like this fish is the fastest fish in the ocean. And it's just sat looking up at a tree. <laughs> yeah. you know? but, but that's true, yeah. isn't it? Everybody yeah. learns differently and everybody has different skills. And that, that, that should be the focus, mate. How is, uh, it seems like the business, you mentioned um, Hmm. there was a period of kind of, was that the first time you had to deal with a period of quiet in the business? Yeah, I mean, what so much as quiet, I don't think quiet's the right word because obviously I've got retained clients now. Yes. There's always something that I need to do, but it was just the first time for a couple of, it was, I think it was, probably about 11 days that I had no new inquiries and no new conversations starting. And that was, that's the first time it had happened. And 
like I like I said before, I built this audience. I know how lucky I am, and I know I know how much of a head start I had. So then you start to think, right? How do I do I push this to the next level? Do I advertise? Do I? And then I just thought, well, give it a minute and see what happens. And as it turned out, there was loads of people on holiday. People were spending their last couple of weeks with their kids or whatever it would be. And then it picked up again. And I thought, well, everyone I spoke to said, look, this is business. And mm. you do, it, to, to these business owners that have been struggling through the pandemic and, and even beforehand and the recession before 2008 and all of these different things, I said, oh, God, I've had 11 quiet days. Do you know what I mean? Like they'd slap you around the face until <laughs> you get on with it, you know? So it, it, was, it, it, was a small, it was a small worry. But I think as well, I'll always be honest and fair about myself and the way I act. And I had some stuff going on. I wasn't fully focused on on for that for that short period on growing the business. I was just just sort of trying to refocus myself. And like sometimes I've got I have to be doing stuff and I have to I have to have a plan going and I have to have a new challenge lined up. And and I was kind of in the middle of not having any of those things at that time. And I just had some ideas and it was like stuck so it was like it was all sort of barreled into one and then I was like oh, I hurt my knee and I couldn't do anything like physically I couldn't do you know it was just loads of things that seemed to pile up at once and then I started organizing the cycle for well two cycles for next year and like that picks me up and then I'm excited and my brain starts spinning again you know and people start jumping aboard and helping out with that and then something's happening you know and for me that's what I need can I be your like official podcaster for that um, that challenge? I'll just check in. Which with one? The, are you doing one across America? Well, so I'm going to do. I'm definitely doing. So this is as it stands at the moment. I haven't Got it. properly announced this yet, but I'm pro, I'm definitely doing Lands and John Groves, right. and I'm definitely doing America. Awesome. So Lands and John Groves will be March. I'm making a note now. Yeah. So March the first, I think that one will start. Yeah. And then the America one will probably start the first of June. All I'm just trying to work out. I've got a couple of people helping me now with the logistics side of it. Now, obviously, I had planned to walk this, which would take about four months. I think I could have done it in three and a half if I really went for it. But this was pre-COVID, and I didn't have the business, so it was like, well, I had the business, but it wasn't anything like it is now. So I thought, well, what I can cycle it a lot faster, allegedly. So my plan is BMX. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My plan is my plan is to now cycle it. And because I think I could do that in a month. I'm gonna go, I'm just deciding on logistics. I'm either gonna go top to bottom because allegedly it's more favorable winds. So my plan was to always start at the Mexican border and finish in Toronto. I think I might be starting in Toronto, direction on the Mexican border. I'm just trying to work out logistics. But either way, that's that's happened the first year. COVID's over now. I mean, yeah. I, I wanted to have this done two years ago, and it and it's been driving me nuts. That's the reason why I squeezed the the London to Chorley walk in last year because I wanted something to do to mm. to keep my mind going. So they are happening. Those two are definitely booked in. I'm going to do them. I've been thinking long and hard about this um for probably for a long time now mate and like people with the best one in the world they don't see i mean nobody really understood afterwards like after the edinburgh walk like and it's it's nobody's fault on my own i chose to do it but like you they don't see what it takes out of you and how long the yeah. recovery was and and how long like financial recovery physical recovery everything time with my children all of it I was I was just broken and it's like for that for the elation and for the money raised and all those things amazing but there's always a price to pay you've got to pay the piper for things you do and the, these these cycles couple of cycles this year um sorry 2022 2023 something massive and then that's it I'm, I'm calling it a day um I'm I'm not doing, I'll do a Steve Redgrave and say, if you want to see me <laughs> at charity, but that, that'll be it for me. And I'll go on to supporting in other ways, you know, because I've got, I'm 35 and my legs, 
I've probably got the legs of a 60 year old, do you know what I mean now? And, and it's like, I'm tough, mate. I, I am tough as they come, but I, it's not in the end. It's not, it's not worth you. Yeah. You don't want to cripple yourself, do you? No, so, no. And like, it's like, the, it's a, it's a few little, like I'm a, like a pretty healthy guy. It's just like, I've got, I mean, I've still got bits of my bones floating around my shin from the end of a walk. And mm. when I did another walk and, you know, it's like those, those little things, it, it all adds up, mate. And, and then there's the time away and you you think about the difference you make to what you're giving up and you sort of try and weigh up the two. And you, sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to show that you're making a big difference to the people that care about you, if you know what I mean, when you're away for so long or mm. when you've got no time because you're so focused. And like around these challenges, I'm an arsehole. Like there's nothing else in my brain. And when it comes to crunch time, I, I genuinely turn into a different person. And I'm not a fan of, of sort of the, the, the other results from that. So, yeah, to bleat on a bit. But I think these two cycles next year, one massive one after that, they're like the coup de grace and call it a day. And just get back to my, back to life, really. Maybe get married or something. You never know. Well, <laughs> I look, whatever you do, wherever you are at and whatever your status do you know what i mean we talked mm. about that that doesn't make uh you the man you the human um i appreciate and value you a lot you are um one of life's good guys and whether it is just seeing one of your instagram posts or a linkedin post or or me and you sharing a whatsapp i just want you to know that um you do make a difference and I do make me cry a minute you are <laughs> it's true it's true you are one of life's good guys and um it, we can't leave it as long before you're back on again I don't think people will let me people are moaning <laughs> <laughs> do a highlight show at some point yeah Christmas so, highlights Nick thanks very much for coming on again and uh, I'll see you soon mate thanks mate Hey, it's John. You want to look and feel your very best? Visit the team at Cool Contours. They are the number one cool sculpting provider in Virginia. Their award-winning team of certified cool sculpting elite and cool tone specialists work with you to create a fully customized treatment plan to achieve your dream body. Learn more at cool-contours.com. That's cool-contours.com. As ranked by Allergen in June 2021, cool sculpting leaves FDA cleared to be visible fat bulges in nine areas of the body. Some common side effects include temporary numbness, discomfort, and swelling. Do you know how many files your employees have uploaded, downloaded, emailed, airdropped, slacked, or shared via Google Drive today? A lot of that data has left your organization, and you don't even know it. Visit Code42.com to learn how Insider prevents data exfiltration.